Howdy, y'all. Welcome to Components. I'm Ren, product marketer at Hereto and your podcast MC. I'm Patrick, CEO here at Hereto. And I'm Jared, lead solutions consultant. Thanks for joining us on our weekly conversation about componentized and structured content. Hope you enjoy this 15 or so minutes of fun talking about everything from data to innovations in AI. All right, let's get into it. I don't know. I tend to just use the internet, but... Oh, but that's right. But you live in Missouri. They don't have the internet down there. All we have are portable document formats. You you actually, you print your NPR out and you, you take it with you to the... I just read transcripts, yeah. As you as you walk around the forest in the morning, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. When I, when I forage for my food over here. And guys, this is why you need multi-channel. You need multi-channel because you, you have, you guys have customers who have to forage in the morning for their food because they live in remote places. Give them the option to take that content with them. Okay. So my point with this whole thing is think about it. Think about it this way. Anything that you're going to want to answer a question about itself in the future is a target for multi-channel publishing for knowledge, product, and reference content. So if you, Hold up. Say that again. Say it again because that's important. Anything you are going to want to answer a question about itself, any device, any application, any toy, like anything, is a target for multi-channel, omni-channel, product reference and knowledge content in the future. So when you really think about the future of, you know, multi-channel or omni-channel, you know, however it is that you're going to define it in this particular context, what you're really thinking about is the future of, you know, human interaction outside of like the very, very basic case. Anytime that they need to know something, need a question answered, they're not sure how to do something, anything like that. So like I pick up my Bose headset and I'm not sure how to, um, change the song on it or something like that. At some point in the future, I'm going to be able to just, I'm going to be able to just ask this thing. I'm going to be like, uh, Hey, headset, how do I change a song on you? And it's going to tell me, and that answer is going to come out of your knowledge base. And it's going to be the same answer that's on your website. It's going to be the same answer that when you're in Missouri and you print it off from a PDF, See the same answer when you're offline and you print it off from a PDF. Um, it's going to be all the same stuff, right? <laughs> and that's that's where the world is going long term. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. I think that's right. It's going to take yeah. some of us a lot longer to catch up with the rest of you. Oh, yeah. I think you mainly because of our, our internet connections. A lot of businesses out there like this is either very vaguely in their radar or they're already doing it. Yeah. They don't know they're doing it, but they're going to figure it out at some point as technology advances at such a rate that they're going to be like, oh, shit, I need to, I need to get my content to people where they need it. And whatever multi-channel thing I'm doing right now is not cutting it. Totally. And the, the reality is that, so that there, there is a little bit of a truth, a little bit of truth in that joke, right? There are parts of this country, every country, every part of the world that have more and less access to technology. Like what is, you know, the famous adage or the famous saying, like the future is already here. It's just not very well distributed. And the reality is that when you're putting out any kind of technology or goods or anything like that, some people are going to have access to the latest ways to access the information around those things. And some people aren't. So 
there, I mean, like we don't even have high speed broadband to like a large percentage of the country. Like we're trying to put a bill through Congress right now to do that. So like when you're thinking about omni-channel, like some of the channels aren't going to be, you know, the super sexy like voice stuff. They're just going to be the stuff that people need. And, you know, I, I think that that is a thing to, to really, um, to really remember, but to bring this back to like the whole, like, you know, what is multi-channel, um, you know, multi-channel as it relates to this. And I, I do think this is the core point of this episode, which is that, um, if you go to implement multi-channel on a, a very, sh- like a, being, I hate to say it this way, but being short-sighted and thinking like, we need this and this. Um, and even if those two things are very, very advanced. So like, let's say you're saying, you know, we need to be able to pull our, our questions from our knowledge base and publish them to um, a bot that goes on our website, right? Like that's multi-channel too. And you go and you build that system and, you know, it, it kind of does that one thing. The problem is that maybe the bot changes in the future and like, you don't have more channels, but you have a different channel there, right? So you're using a different bot, bot framework, or maybe you need to publish it to a distributor site, or maybe it, now you find out that there's a requirement for having PDF and you don't have a really good way of, of fulfilling that requirement. So omni-channel done poorly, like omni-channel done just for omni-channel can be something which is a recipe for rebuilding it. The way to get to multi-channel is to think of it as a consequence of putting together um, a really strong omni-channel uh, content and content ops uh, infrastructure. Well, and what you just said brings out, so you, you quibbled with my my scalability language for multi-channel to omni-channel, but what you just said exposed, um, one, the assumption that I was operating with, and two, a distinction that we probably should have made earlier, which is that um, you can have, you can have, multi-channel publishing that scales to omni-channel in the way that I was describing. Um, or, and that, that assumes that a company kind of already has some of that technology in place to start doing this. Like you might already have the multi-channel structure that you need and, and um, tool set to do that. You might already be doing some multi-channel publishing that you then scale up. What you said is like, I'm a company that's starting from scratch and I'm going to go to omni-channel. And like, that's where we're headed. And that's a, that is a different, that's a different case. And you could screw that up pretty quickly. And in that case, then, um, you're not scaling from multi-channel to omni-channel. It's, it's part of the whole thing, but it's a different case. And those can have, um, wildly different outcomes too. Well, it's everybody's case. Everybody should think, should think of it that way. Like there should be, this is, this isn't the word of warning that I'm trying to get across with this, with this episode is that like, if you go to implement multi-channel based on the near-term business objective of the channels you need right now, that will almost definitely, well, I mean, unless you, you happen to use like open source tools to do it, but if you, if you do it in the wrong way, that will result in, in being further away from omni-channel than you are today. Um, because like building an infrastructure on technology that won't support channel three, four, five, six, seven, eight omni-channel it's really built designed to support channels one and two is going to lock you into something that you then have to tear down and rebuild to get to those next set of channels. And they are coming. Yeah. Like there is, there's no way around that. You know, the technology for some of the voice activated, some of the AR, some of the um, AR being augmented reality, um, 
some of the other VR experiences. I'm actually kind of a bit of a virtual reality skeptic, but like, you know, call me, call me conservative, I guess. Um, but these things are coming like they're, they're down the, they're, the technology is overhyped. You believe the hype cycle, right? Like get a lot of hype. Then you get the, we're probably in the trough of disillusionment to use Gartner's term um, on a number of these. So it feels like maybe some of them aren't really going to fulfill their promise, but that just means we're closer. That means we're closer to actually getting to something which is, is functional and you need to be ready for it. Um, and that's really why a multi-channel focused on a couple of channels and technology that accomplishes those near-term goals can be dangerous. Planning for an omni-channel future in the context of the channels you need to deliver to today can be a hugely rewarding and very, very successful um, business I implementation. I really love how all of this kind of just cycles back to the strength and solidity of your knowledge base and how you structure it. Totally. I mean, like, there's, there's really just, there's no way, there's no way around it, right? Like, if you take a structured, open standards, center of excellence approach to doing content ops and knowledge ops, you're going to be ready for this stuff. Um, it takes some planning. It takes some upfront. Like it's not simple. Like it's a thing that like, you know, there's all kinds of like work that needs to be done to go, to, go into it, but it's how you, it's how you get there, you know, and it'll get you to your multi-channel objective, but it'll also be something you're really glad for. And you know, what, you know, two to three years or two to three months. I mean, who knows whenever the next objective comes up. Um, so, you know, I think this is a story of like, you know, either being, um, very future ready or, you know, wishing you had thought, thought about it that way. Doing the simple things and then having to redo your entire content infrastructure, like three years down the road, I'll take the work up front. <laughs> a lot of people don't though, I guess. <laughs> yeah. No. The, uh, a lot of people don't No, A lot of people don't. Yeah, that's true. Um, but it's a good point about a lot of people don't see it coming. And one thing I think that often gets, uh, we haven't talked about this yet, but with an omni-channel approach, you need to be aware of the technologies that are coming. But if you're going to take that omni-channel approach, you also need to be doing a really heavy amount of um, customer research to find out how your customers want to be consuming all of this content. And then you can start planning your omni-channel approach and what's going to be and to also be a multi-channel approach around what your customers are expecting. And, and some of that is you have to anticipate customer needs and anticipate what they're going to need. But some of it's just straight up customer research too. You need to find out what, you're do, what your customers are expecting. And that requires you to not be reactive about this. You have to be proactive about this content strategy, which requires buy-in at, at lots of levels. But the important point is that the content and the content teams are really important to this process. And this isn't something that should be an afterthought and reactionary. This is something that needs to be proactive. Yeah, I want to I want to break that apart. I want to break that apart, though, because I, I agree with you. But I think the thing you need to be proactive about is the infrastructure. Um, and I do think you need to do that research. But that's really more on the customer experience side. And the thing I would say is that um, sure, you don't know, like, you can find out what they want today. But like, you don't know what's going to be here and what's going to be possible next year. Like, you just don't. There's no way to there's no way to know that. I mean, just look at like, so, I mean, look at our website, right? We just changed the chat, whatever, bubble in the bottom right-hand corner. We didn't know that was coming last year, right? Um, and, you know, yeah. if we're wiring up answers. We do have some insight. 
which yeah. I'm some, you held up your headphones to case and you're like, you're like, Hey, this is coming. Like it's, it's coming. The day is coming where you're going to be able to ask your bows. And so we do have some insight into what's coming. Sure. So, and I'm actually really glad that you, uh, that you pointed that out because I think that like this gets into the minutia of this, which is really interesting. So we know that in the future, this thing will talk to us in a general way. But when you're getting into talking about how you're going to make yeah. it do that, the channel is not the headphones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The channel is the right. software inside of the headphones that enables the actual interaction. Just like changing the chatbot on our website. That's right. The chatbot that we had previously was a channel. And the one that we have now is a different channel. They look similar, but they're different. And the ability to take your content from one of those to another one of those is omni-channel, is, is omni-channel publishing. That's omni-channel content. So even if you are, even if you can say theoretically, headphones will talk, you don't know today what system is going to cause them to talk. And that is a really, really important distinction when you're starting to think about how you're going to build this infrastructure out. Yeah, that's a good point. Content rules, but it can be a lot. I'm sure you've noticed that a lot of these topics are connected, but our short podcast episodes barely scratch the surface. Have no fear, because in the description, we have links to videos, blog posts, and other information that help shine some light on some of the more intense, murky topics. In no time, you're going to have a little bit better idea about structured content and enterprise content strategy. Hope you enjoy.